Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's high noon on a Tuesday afternoon. This doesn't happen often. It's a rare in-season Tuesday edition of the Blitz here on SNR. Obviously, with it being a short week against the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Tomlin did his usual Tuesday press conference yesterday. So normally during the season, Motsi and I don't have our standard Blitz show on Tuesdays because there's all the programming that comes with the Mike Tomlin press conference around that time. But since Coach... T spoke at this time yesterday. I got some time to kill with you guys today. So you know the drill. No Motsi today. We will bring some buddies by the show as we always do when Motsi is out. Chris Carter, our good friend, will join me for the second segment of the show about 25-30 minutes from now. We'll play you some audio and we will, of course, as always, get to your tweets. You got questions, comments, concerns, reactions about the Steelers, about football, or about life in general, get at me on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. We'll get to some of your tweets as we roll along today, as we always do as well. But this is normally Mike Tomlin press conference time. So I am sure some of you are turning in right now saying, wait, where's coach? You know, thinking that that you were going to hear everything uh, Mike Tomlin had to say about the Ravens and looking ahead to the Vikings. Well, again, he did that yesterday. Since it's a short week, everything's kind of moved up. Uh, The Steelers are on a time crunch with all their normal things that they have going on in a given week. Uh, Practice, travel, Mike Tomlin's media availability being one of those as well. So just for those of you who missed it, who... You know, might be tuning in right now, hoping to hear from Coach Tomlin. I'm going to play you what Mike Tomlin had to say uh, yesterday about the Ravens' win and looking ahead to the Vikings, and then we'll discuss some of his comments and uh, we'll catch up with our buddy Chris Carter as well. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say yesterday down on the South Side. This will be really quick. Um, to be completely transparent, I hadn't watched one snap of the game. Um, oftentimes, when you're challenged with a short week such as this, man, you just keep moving forward. Um, at some point, I'm sure I will get an opportunity to watch it and dissect it and cut it up and use some of those plays as teach tools um, to continue to move this outfit forward and get better in certain areas. Um, but as I sit here today, I, I just moved on to Minnesota. But I feel the same way that I felt in a lot of areas last night uh, regarding the performance. It was, it was necessary in some instances. I thought our continued commitment to running the football was significant. Uh, Although we didn't have a lot of success early, I thought we were able to gain a little bit of rhythm and success in that area due to the commitment. Um, I thought we did a nice job of of taking care of the football. Um, You know, possession of the football is a critical component. When we do that, we have a chance to win. Um, I also thought just the one-on-one playmaking, particularly in those weighty moments outside at the receiver position, has always been something that's kind of outline this series, corners and wide outs in those moments. And, and I thought our guys made the necessary plays, particularly um, in, in the weighty moments down the stretch. On the defensive side of the ball, I thought we did a good job in the red zone area. Um, and they, worked, they were, to work, were able to work the ball down the field some, but, but we had our moments in terms of being successful in that space, particularly on the first drive to, 
to, to get out of there with, with no points I thought was significant and really served as a catalyst in terms of us settling down and, and settling into play. Um, I thought the biggest component of the game was largely, you know, we, we worked to keep him boxed in and we didn't allow him to play with play within the 53 and the thirds yard wide field. Um, you know, there were several misses, you know, we, you know, he oftentimes made the first would be tackler or sacker miss and oftentimes the second. But I thought we had second and third opportunities at him because we, for the most part, we had him you know, confined in a certain space. Uh, he was able to get out some, and when he did, it was troublesome to us. Um, but that's life when you're competing against a guy as, as talented as he is, um, and particularly with the, with, the, with the number of weapons that he has, his, you know, relationship with, with Brown and, and Andrews and, and so forth make it a difficult, difficult task to minimize the things that he and, and they do within the framework of their ball. And on special teams, I thought it was it was just a great opportunity. We had an opportunity to bail Boz out. You know, Boz bails us out a lot. Um, we were able to bail him out. Um, you know, he missed an extra point and had a kickoff out of bounds. Uh, but such is life, man. We got a great deal of confidence in him. We'll go back into the next stadium knowing his capabilities and expecting him to deliver for us. It's just cool to take care of him sometimes because, uh, as I mentioned, he takes care of us quite a bit. Um, now turning our attention uh, to Minnesota, obviously it's um, pretty quickly after the game. I don't have a lot of clarity regarding some of the health issues. B.J. Finney is getting his back evaluated as we speak. He's at the doctor's office. I just saw Joe Hayden uh, in the training room getting, getting some treatment um, as we speak. And so um, don't have a lot of updates there. Um, it's always challenging on a short week um, to have an inclusive mentality about those who are you know, less than ready. Um, you don't have um, practice or full pr practice participation to evaluate their physical readiness and so forth. Um, and so that's a component of it. And just the sheer time and the, quick, and the quickness in which the week moves, there's not a lot of opportunity for people to get on a moving train. Um, that being said, we'll focus on the healthy ones and, and get those guys ready to play, work to formulate a plan that highlight their strengths individually and collectively and minimize their weaknesses individually and collectively in an effort to pursue victory. Um, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, on offense with Cousins and company, man, they're a challenging group. Um, Dalvin Cook, man, is a very talented runner. They do a really good job schematically of highlighting his skill sets with the, with the outside zone play um, and, and his ability to cut it back but also stretch it to the perimeter. Their, peri their perimeter run game in general is very impressive their tosses and so forth. Um, they're really challenging in terms of that space out there and that extended C, D, and E gap area. We gotta be good uh, in that space. Our corners have to play a physical brand of football if you wanna minimize some of those things. Our corners and secondary people also have to play a, a very good brand of football from a passing game perspective. Uh, we, got a, we got our hands full trying to minimize Jefferson and, and his talents, man. It's, you know, been awesome watching him this morning and kind of getting familiar with specifically what it is that he does and how he does it. I've been familiar, obviously, with his exploits, but playing against someone and preparing to play for him is different. Um, he's really challenging. He's an easy and fluid mover. He's got great vision. Um, you know, he's, his run after is exceptional because of that vision. Um, you know, he's he's able to contort his body and and adjust and and and, and make. Difficult catches seem seem easy. 
Um, got an awesome partnership with Thailand, man. Those guys um, provide big time challenges for defenses. And Kurt makes good and fluid and quick decisions. He always has. He generally takes really good care of the ball. Um, he he does the things that you cannot measure, use of cadence and things like that. We're going into his venue, but we better respect that. Um, but also thoughtful use of pace, whether it's, you know, um, fast pace or slow pace, information gathering and so forth. Our pre-snap stuff have to, has, has to be on, on point if we don't want to provide him too much information prior to, to the snap of the ball. And guys like him that are able to gather information prior to snapping the ball, that, that really makes them difficult to minimize, obviously, post-snap. Uh, so that's just some of the challenges that await us on defense. Um, on offense, um, they got good players really kind of at all levels. Uh, some, of them, some of which we're familiar with. Um, Daniil Hunter, I uh, was getting familiar with him. Boy, man, this guy's a guy that's wreaked a lot of havoc for them. Obviously, he won't be available to them, and, and, but, it, but it has created opportunities for others. Uh, Sheldon Richardson was a guy that was probably a rotational defensive lineman, but in recent weeks is really playing a significant role. Uh, we know him and his talents, former first-rounder, former Cleveland Brown, um, he plays inside. He plays outside. He has explosive power. Um, he's troublesome for, for tight ends for sure, particularly at the point. Um, he wins a lot of those battles and really provides. Um, he's the catalyst for, for strong run defense in that way. Um, Kendrick's at the linebacker level is a guy for all circumstances. Uh, he really is. He's a good blitzer. Um, he's good sideline to sideline in the run game. High-volume tackler. I imagine he's one of the top tacklers in the NFL this year. I know he's been in recent years. Um, he's got some interceptions as well. He just plays a really complete game. His stat line reads like a green dot. It reads like a guy that plays in all circumstances and a guy that's uh, a critical component of everything that they do on defense. Can't say enough about a couple of quality veterans that they have in the secondary, guys that have done it at a – high level for a long time and, and continue to appear to be doing it this year, and that's Pat Peterson and, and Harrison Smith, um, one at corner, the other at safety. Uh, both are, have well-balanced skill sets. Pat P can play off. He can play bump. Um, he's physical. He's physical in coverage. He's physical versus the run. Um, Harrison Smith, you can say the same things. Excuse us. Live television. Um, Harrison Smith um, is a good blitzer. Uh, he's a good box safety. He's good on the half field. He's good in single high. He's good in man-to-man. -man. Uh, those two guys uh, are, those, are those savvy veteran leaders and provide that stable presence that I'm sure um, every secondary needs and covets, and, and they do, do a really good job of providing that and the plays that come with it for them. And so there's a lot of things that has our attentions, um, but, but probably – the most important aspect of it is our approach to business this week, um, the things that we value in preparation and how we allocate our time and, and the things that we push to the front of the line in terms of preparedness. Um, and, and that's a critical component of it, man. When you're playing on a Thursday night, you're working on a short week, um, it's unrealistic to think that you can get all the things done that you desire to do, uh, but certain things carry a higher priority than others. And um, those of you that have been around us know that situational football is a component of that. Uh, those weighty downs, those possession downs, short yardage, red zone, goal line, et cetera. Um, we got to make sure that we have a good comprehensive plan in those areas regardless of circumstance. And so 
uh, we roll our sleeves up and we go to work. Uh, we're excited about doing so and and um, look forward to getting back in the stadium here rather soon. I'll pause for, for questions. Uh, Mike, you uh, somewhat wryly noted after the game, I hope our alumni are, are proud of us. Um, when former players uh, criticize and basically insult your team, do you take that personally? Does it motivate your players at all? I don't view it as an insult. Um, I, I, I know many of the men, and I know the spirit in which you know, they deliver the message is, is motivational. Um, you know, if they were wearing helmets and in the locker room, those are some of the things that they would be saying. It's motivational. Uh, it's a brotherhood. It's a fraternity that unless you're involved in it, it's difficult for you to understand, um, but definitely not seen as insulting in any way. Mike, why was Witherspoon the guy that you identified to, to replace Hayden pretty much solely this past game, and did he benefit by being able to play an entire game and instead of going snap to snap, knowing that maybe he had the ability to make a mistake and, and work his way through it? It was one of the chief reasons we acquired him when we acquired him. He's a veteran guy that's that's assumed that role in the past, has played starting football and played a lot of football. But he got on a moving train here, and so he had to learn what to do and bide his time and wait wait for his opportunity, and the opportunity presented itself, and uh, he displayed readiness, which is not surprising by us. Um, he's been engaged in the preparation process, whether he's had a significant role by plan or not. Uh, he's been highly professional in preparation, and so... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're appreciative of his efforts and, and probably not overly surprised by it. Yeah, Mike, um, have you found anything over the past few years in a way to condense a full week of work into like one or two days on these short weeks? It, it just really depends on your present circumstance when you get to these games, uh, the, the overall health of your team, uh, where it is occurring in the journey. Uh, there's a lot of variables. Um, I, you know, I don't deal with it in a cookie cutter fashion, if you will. I look at the present circumstances of, of the makeup of this group. For instance, you know, last year we had a very veteran group in a lot of ways. Uh, this year we, we have a very young group in a lot of ways. So even if some of the other variables are very similar, it probably leads you to approach it in a different manner just because of the lack of experience of many of the key components um, of our group, whether they're new to the National Football League or new to us. Uh, it's still a challenge. I know it's a quick turnaround to ask you this, but what you've been able to glean so far, there are guys like Madison or Osborne, guys who might be asked to step up for Cook and Thielen with, with their injuries. Do they sort of, is this sort of a next man up mentality for them and how they operate with their offense with those guys, like you said, the toss game for Cook and how Thielen meshes with Jefferson, that sort of thing? It is, it is no question. Just in the running back position alone, Madison, um, I think it's been three games you know, where he's had significant amount of carries or been the featured runner. He's been over 20 carries in all of those games and has been over 100 yards in two out of three of those games. And I think he had 90 in the other. So their personality is their personality in terms of how they mix run and pass and, and do the things that they do. And, and so very much we're preparing for it to be next man up. When we look at the tape, we're looking at the per personality of the Minnesota Vikings and obviously the unique talent of some of the men. But you know, there's video that tells us that personality will be unchanged. Mike, we've talked a lot about Deontay Johnson's improvement this year, especially after a game like last night. But how have you seen him become more mentally tough in the last year to be able to have a rebound like he did last night versus last year? It seemed like the drops would kind of get him down and, and keep him down. I just think it's maturation. You know, um, he's becoming a veteran guy, and so it's reasonable to expect 
him to get better physically, him to get better intellectually in terms of knowing and understanding the game and utilizing that knowledge for his good, and also just being able to withstand the, the ups and downs that is a game or, or, or a series or a season. And so um, we're appreciative of his growth and development, but I don't think anyone's surprised by it. As a matter of fact, we expected it and we needed it. Mike, you called timeout before their two-point conversion. Were you anticipating a, a boot or some motion from Lamar uh, at any point as opposed to straight drop back? You know, you don't really have a crystal ball. You don't know what it is they're going to do. We anticipated them being aggressive in that moment um, because they're generally aggressive in all of those situational moments. They go for more fourth and twos, I think, than anybody in the NFL. And so when you equate a, equate a two-point play to a two-yard uh, play, I don't think any of us were surprised by it. Uh, more than anything, we call a timeout because we want to get an opportunity to talk about the personnel potential personnel groups that they were going to employ to get the best personnel group that we wanted on the field to minimize the run component um, of the play or the potential of the play. Um, it's difficult enough to, to, to deal with an offensive unit like that with a quarterback as multi-talented as Lamar, but uh, we wanted to make them somewhat one-dimensional, and, and, and part of the timeout for us was just getting the defensive personnel group on the field that we thought allowed that to happen. Mike, this is a, not just a short week, but an opponent you're not particularly familiar with. Does that put more emphasis on the off-the-field work that you're going to do this week as opposed to maybe the on-the-field stuff? And how have you seen this particular team develop in that area, in those um, off-the-field practice habits, if you will? You know, it's, it's, we're, we're very much a you know, work in progress in that area. I think everyone is. I think you, you develop, develop rhythms and things that work for you over the course of the season, whether you're an individual or a group. And so that's been a fun process. It's been a good process. But the Minnesota Vikings are going through the same process, and so the variables are very similar. Uh, we have a very level playing field this week in that we're both working on a short week. We both lack familiarity in some instances. We both you know, are, are, are minus a few significant pieces in some instances or what have you. But that's just football in the NFL in December. Um, we're focused on the, on the things that we do have control over, um, the days that we do have to prepare the men that are at our disposal, and, 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 the time, and the plan that we're in the process of developing as we speak. Mike, uh, in the games that you guys have won, they've all been tight. I think they all, they've all been one-score games. They've been on the wrong side of a lot of one-score games, including yesterday. Can that be a mental advantage for a group, knowing that when it's tight, you're able to have success? You know, um, I don't worry about them. I worry about us. Um, I, I know that we grow from those experiences and grow in the right ways. Uh, belief in themselves, each other. Um, but, you know, um, you just face with challenges and different challenges each and every week. And, you know, what transpired last week in a, in a positive way may not necessarily manifest itself uh, in the next stadium in that way. And that's why you always got to have your head down and working. And that's, that's just an approach that we take. Uh, Mike, Cam said after the game you gave the game ball to Ben. Could you share why you chose Ben, why you gave it to him? Man, because I've been in a lot of circumstances like that with him, and, and, and he usually does what he did last night. And, um, and not only that, but he relishes those opportunities. And um, you want to educate young players, too. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure Ben's got a lot of game balls at the house. You know? um, but it, it was also a point to be made to the young player um, what's desired and expected. And, and, man, the young players get an opportunity to learn a lot 
from guys like Ben and Cam, not only in terms of how they conduct themselves on, and the things that they say, but um, how they perform and how they perform in those thick moments. Uh, you get to be Ben, you get to be Cam for a reason because of your ability and your willingness to consistently rise up in those moments and deliver. Mike, you, you mentioned briefly after the game, and I know you haven't seen tape, but John LeGlue, uh just thoughts on his performance and a guy that size to be that flexible. How unique is a, is a guy like him? You know, if you remember, we had some dog days in team development where we were running really, really low on offensive linemen in August. And, and, and that's what I mean when I routinely say one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity because there was a block of days where we were really low on offensive linemen and LeGlue had an opportunity to learn and display position flexibility. And, and so that was a calling card. That was a place for him to hang his hat. And um, he's been able to build uh, from there and, and, and get better um, and, and, and take another opportunity due to somebody else's misfortune and, and prove that he belongs. And that's what this, this game and this business is about, man. That's one of the things that I really enjoy about being a part of it at this level. You know, um, a lot of people got to know Robert Spillane a year ago in a different way than they thought maybe they knew him because he had an opportunity to step up and play it, um, and play a lot uh, because of injury and so forth in his position. And so that's what these journeys are about. That's why we don't discount any man, particularly a professional man who's working uh, and working hard while he waits for his opportunity. This is not a patient man's business, but they better learn to, to work while they wait. Mike, I, believe, I think this play happened right in front of you, right in front of the bench, when TJ got called for taunting. What exactly did he do, and was it warranted? I don't know what he did. Um, I just accepted the penalty and, and moved on, and so did TJ and the rest of our group. Uh, Mike, you, um, Joe, Joe Schobert told us last week you were a little bit louder in the team meeting on Monday coming off of that loss. You guys had an extra padded practice. How did you see some of the younger uh, players on your team that kind of step up for big plays like T.J. Watt and Mankiewicz Patrick, not just in the game, but as potential leaders respond to your message last week? You know, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. That was, that was necessary and appropriate by me and by them. Mike, one more thing about uh, LeGlue. Is it? He was thrown in, you know, obviously uh, in the game there rather than leading up to the game where he can prepare for it. Is it more difficult for a guy to be just thrown in there and not sure or, you know, preparing for a week? I don't know, man. Ask LeGlue. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know that he has much of a resume to call upon, so I didn't think it, it mattered. I think it was going to be challenging regardless. Mike, in a game yesterday when things were slow going for the offense, it seemed like you found something there with the no huddle in the second half. Is that something you guys can use more regularly to, to try to sustain success and, and consistency on that side of the ball going forward? You know, um, we, didn't, we didn't use a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. Uh, we were just working, working at pace from time to time. Um, we thoughtfully utilized it to minimize some of their possession down packages. You know, they got these personnel groups on third down that are really challenging. Uh, when they run them out there, they're very multiple. And so we were, we were pacing from second down to third down, but it wasn't a global no huddle. It was done to, to kind of minimize some of the things you get from them on those possession downs. Mike, um, you know, how does a guy not practice, strap on cleats, race around trees for a week, and then come in and have three and a half sacks? It's a global body of work. Um, you know, this wasn't his first exposure to – professional football or us 
Um, he's been a part of this thing. He's got uh, a, a cumulative body of work or, or preparation to call on, whether it's over the course of his career here or throughout the por- course of this season. Um, that's why I call on it when oftentimes you guys ask me about Ben's level of participation or lack thereof in practice. You know, he's been on the job 18 years, man. Um, you know, his cumulative body of work is an asset to him. It needs to be. Uh, it, it aids in the preservation of him. It also aids in getting guys who have less experience more work. And the same thing could be said for guys like Cam Hayward, who oftentimes doesn't work on a Wednesday, or a guy like T.J. Watt, who didn't, we didn't do it by design, but he missed some time, and it provided growth opportunities for Taco and Derek, and, and he did his deal and, and called on his cumulative body of work in an, in an effort to execute. I think one thing that everybody noticed when the schedule first came out was a short week after Ravens week for all the intensity that goes into Ravens week and the physicality of the game. When you've been around your players coming off of Ravens week, have you found the bigger challenge, the emotional get back up, or is it the recovery physically? I'm not concerned about it. Um, They're coming off of a big game versus a division opponent as well. I've been in the NFC North. I know what those divisional matchups mean in that division. Uh, That's big ball for them um, playing against Detroit Lions. And so from that standpoint, uh, it's fair. And so I'm not wasting a lot of time pondering those things. I'm more focused on getting this group ready and in the right frame of mind uh, and in the best physical condition we can get them in to go into the stadium. Mike, here's a hypothetical question for you. Say the roles were reversed yesterday, and that was you, Don, uh, on the goal line. Would have your decision been impacted at all to maybe avoid overtime because you have a Thursday night game coming up? Possibly, certainly. Oh, Mike, I, I got a defensive line question, but first, any update on, on Stefan Tuitt? None. Okay. Um, Montavious Adams, when he comes in and obviously had an impact yesterday, but he was only here, wasn't even here, I think, a week ago right now, uh, do you just put him in there and keep it simple and say, go in there and play? How much, do you, how much information do you give him? Some jobs are easier to do on the fly than others. Um, generally, man, the defense alignment, you tell them what gap to play in and you encourage them to stay in that gap, and it's good business. Um, it'd be more challenging at some other positions. And so I'm appreciative of his, of his efforts. Um, I don't discount it, but it's probably one of the, the easier positions to, 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 to kind of get on the moving train with uh, when you really look at it from that perspective. And not to mention he was surrounded by some guys, some veteran guys that were very helpful from an assignment standpoint and, and Wormley and Hayward. Mike, when we talked with TJ, when we talked, sorry, when we talked with TJ after the game last night, he said that yesterday was kind of a momentum game that you guys can really build off of it. How do you kind of balance turning the page quickly while at the same time saying, "Hey, we did a lot of this well. Let's kind of continue to carry that forward." It's about having good days. It's about making sure today's a good day. Uh, it's about making sure that tomorrow's a good day. Uh, nothing changes in that regard. The outcome of the game is irrelevant from that perspective. Um, We need to stack and have good days if we want to continue to evolve and evolve in the right ways, individually and collectively. And so that's our focus. Mike, when TJ talked about kind of what he was dealing with last week with COVID, said that he was, you know, running around trees, doing things like that. How does he compare to other guys you've had who are just relentless in practicing and maybe you want to say sometimes, hey, you know, you don't have to do all of this during the week? He's unique. Um, He's he's unique in a collection of unique people. Um, But you know, his production, his output is unique. And so, you know, um, we shouldn't be surprised 
that his, that his method or his process is unique. Um, his level of effort, uh, his attention to detail, um, his intensity, all are unique. Coach Tomlin, yesterday, a uh, short week Monday Tomlin media availability session. That is why you've got a rare Tuesday edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Wesley Euler with you. We're going to take our first break. We'll discuss some of those things Mike Tomlin had to say. We'll catch up with our buddy Chris Carter right around the corner. So don't you go anywhere. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.